obviously we're optimistic and our goal is to get it done before, uh, you know, before the, uh, before you have to tag last day to tag. That's the facts of where we were. Right. And certainly we've done a lot of thinking about it and looking at it and we'll see where we end up. Any hindsight or that maybe that was a mistake by building? I'm not going to hindsight. How would you characterize your last meeting with um, it just kind of stopped, uh, you know, and we kind of left it where it was. And, you know, I wouldn't say there was anything acrimonious. We just, uh, we felt like we were kind of where we were. And, you know, once we didn't get it done, you know, right there at the beginning of the season, it certainly didn't surprise me that it's not done yet right now. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? We are live from the NFL Combine Radio Row in Indianapolis, covering all things Cowboys draft for The Athletic. But it wouldn't be the Cowboys if there wasn't news regarding the coaching staff and some contract drama that is looming like a dark cloud over America's team. So welcome back in to a special NFL Combine edition of About Them Cowboys. I am Kent Garrison, your coronavirus-free producer slash host slash wonder twin number one here in the thick of things, keeping things on track while I'm not tuned into the leaning Tower of Dallas live stream. And by the way, John, it is still standing. Just I know you haven't been tuned into that, but I've got you on that, on that front. And remember, listener, you can get 40% off your subscription to The Athletic by using our custom link, theathletic.com slash about them cowboys and that of course gets you full access to our entire platform all the content across every vertical that we have here at the athletic so if you're an nba person maybe nhl got a little english premier league talk uh, the athletic is your place it's the best sports coverage on the planet in my humble opinion and in john's humble opinion too i know that for a fact and so with 40 percent off that rounds out to about 2.99 a month for the best sports coverage that there is so you know, kick that caramel macchiato to the curb, punt, th- punt that thing in the barista's face, and get on the athletic. Get your subscription. It's good for a year. So you don't even have to think about it until after Cowboys next season. You get every single episode of this show guaranteed, all this stuff behind the paywall for 40% off. That's a pretty daggum good deal. And you get Dane Brugler's draft guide. Speaking of draft, it's the most comprehensive thing I've ever seen in regards to the draft. It's incredible. He breaks down every prospect. He's got their brothers and sisters broken down in there, and I'm not joking you. He goes to every length to, to get to know these players, and that is included at no extra charge to you, the subscriber. So all you got to do is be, be a member of The Athletic, and you get that draft guide delivered to you as soon as it's available. So I think it's worth the price alone just for the draft guide, but yeah. Tons of great coverage going on here at The Athletic. So, again, that's theathletic.com slash about them cowboys. So now I'm welcoming in Wonder Twin number two here to the show. He's, I would say he's the Bob the Builder of the podcast because he's been hammering the Joneses and Coach McCarthy with questions all day. And, John, with our powers combined, combined? Oh, my God. We're going to guide you through all that's going on. I here. can't believe you just did that. Can you? Can you not believe that? It's Father John Mishota. Howdy, John. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm having a good time out here. I really am. You are? There's just a lot of good stuff to be had. Uh, there's just, uh, just a little bit of a newness here. I'm just so used to coming out here, and it's Jason Garrett 
and his staff and and <laughs> nothing not, to report. Hey, and now and it's not just really that just it just it's been like that for nine years, you know. And so to have yeah. something different, um, it just if if for nothing else, just some uncertainty. You don't. I feel like with with Jason Garrett, you kind of knew what direction they'd probably be heading in the draft and stuff like that. You knew mm-hmm. kind of the combo of of Jason and and Will, like kind of what type of players they're looking. And there's just uh, there's this uncertainty right now where. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. Obviously, the defensive side of the ball is where they're looking to uh, upgrade, which makes a lot of sense. But um, you, I, you just don't know exactly where they're going to go, and that that part makes it intriguing for me. And then, you know, obviously, you come out here. It's it's all about. I knew. I mean, as soon as I step on the plane to come out here, I know it's going to be number one is all about Dak. You know, and, and that's and that's what it's been since I've been out here. You know, to be expected. Yeah. Well. I haven't seen you all day. I know you've been up to a lot. We're going to get to some things Stephen Jones has said while we've been out here. Uh, we're going to get to, of course, the DAC stuff. We got some exclusive audio of Coach McCarthy that you're not going to get anywhere else. That was at an exclusive meeting between John and some other writers and Coach McCarthy. A little lunch with McCarthy action happened, and uh, we're going to get into the, all that stuff. Uh, Tua had some th- things to clear up and say about the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to all that. But again, I'm Kent. I'll be hosting for this episode. John is joining me. We're dug in here at the NFL Combine. KT is flying like an eagle back at home, you know, just keeping it real on the radio airwaves there. So make sure you're supporting KT and tell him he's definitely missed out here at the Combine. A lot of fun times with KT in the past at the Combine. I don't know. Have you been out with me and KT before we've been out here together? Maybe... I, I have you not. Have. No, I have not. I've, I've never... I don't think I've ever been out here when KT was out here. Okay. Well, yeah, a lot of good times. There's... It's funny because, you know, the, the, the Combine itself, for people that that don't come out here, which is pretty much everybody that's listening to this, the way it's set up is is pretty interesting. I mean, if you hear the Sean Mendez or whatever it is, Billy Eilish's in the background here, the radio row is set up in this fan experience thing. They got the bench press going on behind us. So, you know, if you hear get it up and finish, it's not my wife yelling at me. It's them doing the bench press behind behind us here and and we've got a press conference action happening as well and across the way over at lucas oil stadium is where the workouts are going to take place but can we let's talk a little bit about how this year's combine is different because i was just talking to our colts podcast here one percent better when they were they were recording and they were saying that the the workouts are like 9 to 11 p.m on the east coast yeah that's good. for for the primetime television aspect of things but my thought is you're doing these prospects a disservice by making them go out there and perform at their highest level at 9 p.m. on a on East Coast time, especially if you're coming in from the West Coast. You're jet lagged. You're trying to get used to everything. There's, you know, you're getting up at 6 a.m. to eat your breakfast. You got meetings all day. It's mentally draining for you. You got wonderlick tests, medical tests of all kinds happening. But man, I just. Doesn't that do a detriment to the league in some way when the if the prospects don't do their best and then they're not with the team that was interested in them before i don't know if that's a make or break for any team what they do on the field but i want those guys performing at their absolute peak you know i i don't think it's i think it's a detriment to the league if it, it isn't a detriment because it all depends on what your what your goals are and their goal number one make in money, the nfl make money. is make money and tv yeah. and and, yeah. and the tv thing is this fits better for TV, just like adding a 17th game makes better TV, just like adding another playoff uh, game adds more better for yeah. TV. That's what it's, you know, that's what it all comes down to. And and if, hey, let's put it this way, if this thing wasn't popular, 
they wouldn't they wouldn't even have a spot to put it at night. People would be like, "Well, why are you putting this at no, no one's watching this thing?" But because the popularity's there, they just keep trying to get a little bit more, trying to get a little bit more, and up until this point, they're on top and, you know, I mean, obviously there could come to a point where they chew off a little bit too much and then it goes in the wrong direction, but it just seems like whatever the NFL does, it just keeps going up and up and 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 until that stops, I don't see them at, you know, going in a, another direction, especially when I said, like, it, when it comes to TV, yeah. I really don't. It's all about TV. Yeah, man, it's it's amazing how this thing has grown just since we started covering it. You know, I've been covering it since about 2013, but I would say the amount of people here on Radio Row, you know, putting on their Casey Kasem voice or whatever, it has tripled just in the past couple of years. The, the the amount of cameras that are here. Everybody is covering the draft. I just always thought it was such a niche thing. The underwear Olympics, I didn't think that there was a national interest level in watching offensive linemen do the three cone. You know, I, I just thought it was a more segmented area of the population that, that was interested in this kind of thing. But I think it's good for us, good for the athletic, good for everybody that the draft has become bigger, you know, and our prospects to pro show is certainly covering every angle of that. And um, it's just, it blows my mind that the underwear Olympics has become what it is. I mean, you know, I guess you got guys breaking world records and things and people are waiting for that to happen on TV, but I just never thought there would be a, a prime time national element to what we were doing, you know? Yeah. From my perspective, the only thing that takes away from it a little bit is that when you have a team like the Cowboys isn't picking until 17, uh-huh. it kind of takes away a little bit of the intrigue because, like, for example, you know, they made the quarterbacks available to reporters the other day, and they're just not a big Cowboys interest. Now, I mean, I, I know that they're, like you mentioned, Tua, and we'll get into that, but, like, they're just there's certain positions you can kind of cross off. Whereas like when 2016, they're drafting at four, there's just a lot of different things around the table, a lot of different uh, ways you can go with it. And so that part of it kind of makes it, uh, I don't know, a little less exciting, but yeah, you know, from my perspective, I'm not really watching these guys work. I'm here because this is the best time to get Jerry Jones, to get Steven Jones, to get mm. Mike McCarthy, to learn about what's going on behind the scene. I mean, free agency is about to start. It's like, it's yeah. so much bigger than this is just kind of the vehicle to get you there. Like, Oh, a good point. Good point. And while we're on that topic, a lot of the work that's being done by these teams and by the agents is not here. It's at the bars at night. It's Mm -hmm. at St. Elmo over a little shrimp cocktail action. And you'd be surprised how many... It's on the bus. It's on Jerry's bus, exactly. And this is an incredible thing to witness. Just when the combine ends, the work is just beginning for a lot of these reporters because they're out till 2 a.m. just walking to every venue, seeing who's there, seeing, oh, can I talk to this guy? Oh, meet up with this agent here. Uh, kind of get the pulse of the league. And the tampering kind of officially happens here. You know, sure. free agency is not technically started, but I would hedge some, my bets on the fact that some deals are agreed upon in in principle over here at the Combine over a over a nice St. Elmo. Speaking of St. Elmo, have you been this year yet? Are you planning on St. Elmo Steakhouse? I, I'm. I haven't been yet. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to be. Uh, uh, I was next door at this Harry and Izzy's place, which they're kind of going there tonight. Yeah, they're kind of. Uh, they have the same menu, I believe. They have I think a lot it's of the, the same, same thing. thing. It's just yeah. not St. Elmo, so they can manage reservations. I think we looked at St. Elmo to try to get in there, and it's just about impossible. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to eat dinner at two p.m. or whatever it is. But yeah, that's amazing. Um, 
Dane Brugler went to went to St. Elmo one time and with with David Hellman of, of DC.com and they got the tomahawk chop steak. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, it literally that's looks great. like a <laughs> like a baseball bat yeah. of steak that you put on. And Dane was like crying because yeah. he was like, "This is the best thing I've ever eaten in my entire life." I'm sure it was. What's a what's a combine story that sticks out to you, John? Wow, you're putting Just, me on the spot here. Let me think of a good one. I, 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 honestly, it, it's really not even. Like at night, obviously, you see people from different teams and stuff like that, where you're mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, I've never seen that person have that many cocktails in them and <laughs> maybe be a little bit, uh, uh, act a little bit differently than I thought they would um, from other teams and like things embarrassing like Embarrassing themselves? Or? Uh, yeah, I would, I'd say, yeah, on that, on that borderline <laughs> for sure. Um, little Johnny Walker Blue action that, yeah. happening? Yeah, but I feel like if you say Johnny Walker Blue, people are going to think that I'm specifically talking about Cowboys. And I'm actually, in this instance, I'm not talking about Cowboys. I'm not, there's definitely several other coaches and front office members I've seen yeah. out that I'm like, oh, well, they're having a good time out here. They're not, I mean, because there's a part of you that thinks like, man, this must be a really stressful time because like this is, you know, you got to take advantage of this. This combine's a big thing for, you know, finding your draft. And if you don't draft, well, obviously you're not going to have that great of a roster. Yeah. Um, but no, there's people that certainly get after it uh, at night and, for them, uh, they're probably not as happy that they moved a lot of these drills to at night because it's Takes cutting into their time their out there. Yeah, it might allow you to go out after that and then sleep in a little bit longer. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, just from talking to some people, I don't think that uh, the teams are particularly thrilled about it. But again, it goes back to they know, understand though. Well, yeah, that's what it is in the NFL. Like you, it's all about the TV. If you don't want, you don't have to coach. You don't have to work in this league if you don't want to. But this this comes with the dinner. So. Exactly, exactly. Well, maybe we'll share some combine stories later if you think of one, a specific one towards the end here. But let's get into this Stephen Jones stuff. So when, when the Dallas media gets here, they always wait for Stephen Jones to exit the competition committee meetings. But this year, there's been a lot of CBA talk, a lot of stuff happening that's pretty headline-worthy coming out of those meetings. But, of course, the Dallas media had to ask him about Dak and, and where they are there. Interesting thought to me, and you can go back and listen to the audio. It's, it's readily available if you, if you haven't heard it uh, of Stephen Jones. But something that stuck out to me, John, was they haven't talked to Dak since September, I think. Archer yeah. asked him if, when's Wild. the last time it was. They haven't talked with his agents in September. And that blows my, absolutely blows my mind that there wasn't one conversation during the season, you know, after a comeback victory, that Jerry wasn't like, oh, we got to get, the, he's, he's our guy. I'm right. convinced now. Let's calling his guy on the way home on the plane and we're going to make this thing happen. If anything, I think Dak did himself a little bit of disservice by not getting himself signed. I mean, he was probably holding out for more money, but not sure if the Cowboys are willing to give him more money than he would have gotten previous to the season, you know, and they were pretty high on him. I mean, this guy didn't make the playoffs this year. You know, yeah. I maybe go through some quarterback lists and see kind of where he ranks in the league in their eyes, but I think he's their guy, but what, what do you take from Stephen Jones just saying we haven't talked to Dak? The conversation hasn't been fluid. That kind of surprised me. Well, the biggest thing I took away from this particular time, because there was a lot of similarities to other times that Stevens talked about Dak and Amari and their contracts, but this one was he really hit in hard about this new CBA and the negotiations because it was like, well, everybody knew that this is they're heading in the final year of, of the current CBA, so why wasn't this ever mentioned before about why there was the contracts were being, you know, dragged on and they, 
nothing was happening there. And then all of a sudden, it's like the new hot thing to say that because the CBA is obviously very popular right now because of, you know, some people are saying it's getting close. I mean, it's coming to a point where the players are getting a chance to vote on it. But that could, I mean, that thing, I mean, that thing's like head to head with that with that tower, like Man, in, in Dallas. See- like it doesn't. You think that it's going to fall, but. It's still up there today, and it's the same thing with this whole CBA and these negotiations. <laughs> like you think that it's about to happen, but it could it could happen and then get finalized in in five more minutes from now. It might be five days. It might be ten days. It might be you know another month. Like you just really don't know where that's at. But I thought it was interesting that Stephen, who's obviously on the competition committee, like you mentioned, uh, really was was going in hard on that. Not only on it for Dak, but he was saying the same thing with Amari. And it certainly sounds like that you don't need to even be thinking about a Dak or an Amari con- new contract until this new CBA has been figured out. It doesn't sound like they're going to do anything there. Now, I, I do want to touch on something you said earlier when you talked about Dak. Like, I think it's very easy to blame both sides on this because you can sit there and you can blame Dak. Like, he should have got a deal done. But the Cowboys should... I mean... If they haven't talked to us since September, then there's no way that that deal was close in September. Because if it's close, you'd think that there'd be at least like, hey, let's let's circle back. We were so close. It was just this one thing was right, off. Right. Let's try and do this. But if they're not even, there's no negotiations, they're clearly both, you know, they're dug in like, no, 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 no. You make you make the next move on this. I'm not doing anything on this. You know, like yep. if we have to tag him, we'll tag him. He's going to be mad about it. Might not show up to workouts, but this is what we're going to do. So, I, I mean, you can point fingers at both sides. I mean, Clearly, both sides are surprised that it's not done at this point. They did not think it was going to get to this point. Like, the whole goal for the Cowboys last last offseason was to get at least two out of the three from Zeke, Dak, and Amari done. And the fact that they only got Zeke done, it, it just it, it just crazy to think that they're Barely. in the spot that they're Yeah, exactly. It's crazy to think that they're in the spot that they're in right now. It's, not, it's, it's yeah. less than ideal. Yeah, and Steven had mentioned as well, he was asked about the transition tag versus the franchise tag. Right. That seems to be a point of contention for them because I think they would use both of those on Dak and Amari if it gets to a certain point and, oh, we need Dak and Camp and Amari in, in, you know, in these OTAs to work together with this new coaching staff and get, get on the same page with this thing. I don't think they want this thing to drag into training camp. I know they don't want this thing to drag into training camp. Well, particularly because you have a new head coach. I mean, right. you don't want your new head coach who, obviously, he has said many a times how important the quarterback is in his system. Uh, he's obviously how important it's been in his coaching career. And then you're going into this season and you don't have your franchise quarterback there to, even though it's supposed to be the same offense, there's going to be little tweaks to it. Like, you want this guy to be there not only as a leader, but at the fact of like to be on top of what's going on with this offense. And then same thing with quarterbacks. It's just the fact that like you want them to have their timing down with wide receivers. You want them to be able to work on that. I mean, while I think Dak and Amari have clicked very well, there's always, there's obviously another level they can take this thing. You think that you'd want them working together as much as possible. And the longer this thing drags out, the more the possibility is that somebody doesn't show up, you know, because that's obviously the leverage that you have as a player. Then, all right, we're not going to get this done, or you want to tag me? Well, I'm not showing up until it's mandatory. And that's yeah. you don't want that for a first-year head coach. Yeah, and where do you think the main point of contention was between Dax Camp and the Cowboys on this whole thing? I think at the outset of the season, I think, you know, Dak hired CAA. He, he got new agents right. very publicly, got new agents, and said, I'm going, I'm going for max money here. Willing to bet he was asked to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL because of the quote unquote pressure that I'm under being working, doing, you know, being for the Cowboys. I'm clearly the, your best option right now. All the things that are involved with 
being the quarterback of America's team. I think they tried to work that into the con. You know, give Zach the benefit of the doubt a little bit. He does deserve more money. He, he this is a tough situation to be in. And I think the Cowboys were like, no, we're going to pay Dak what we think he's worth as a football player. And I don't think that they think he's worth top money in the NFL as a football player. I don't, I don't think they do. And I don't think they're willing to overspend on a quarterback as well. You know, I don't think they want to get themselves into another Tony Romo situation where you've, you've got $20 million on the, on the books for a guy that's not playing for you, you know, in, in three years. If they tie him to a five-year deal and in year three, you're like, okay, we haven't made the playoffs. This is clearly isn't working out. We've got a top 10 pick. We're going to move on. I, I really think they're thinking hard about that right now. Yeah. My whole thing is I think it's a four-year deal is because everything just lines up with he's in that same draft class as Wentz and Goff. It just, that makes sense for it to be a deal in that neighborhood. But because he was signing his deal after those guys, then I can see why he would want more than both those guys. Now, uh, just because he has to be the highest paid player doesn't mean that you have to make him that. And the other thing is, is that there have been other quarterbacks that aren't the best quarterback in the league that have been paid as the highest paid, but it only lasts for a few months because then the next guy signs. And, and that's uh-huh. that's the problem that the Cowboys have got themselves into now because the worst thing that can happen for him now is a Deshaun Watson, a Patrick Mahomes contract extension because while I'm not saying that Dak's going to get more than that player, um, he's going to get more money because that player set a new high for what right. the position is making. And so every day that goes by, there's more and more of a chance of one of those guys getting a deal done. And if that happens... Uh, then it just makes it even tougher on the Cowboys. But um, I do think that they would like to get Dak done. I really do believe they'd like to have him signed. I do believe they they feel like he is their guy. I don't think that that's just lip service. And if it came down to it, then you're in the place where you have him sign and you can put the tag on Amari. And Amari is a guy that I think would be fine playing under the tag. Just the way he acted last year playing in the final year of his deal, he seemed just fine with it. Obviously, he'll be paid well. I don't think he'll be skipping out on, on workouts or anything like that. His um, agent's going to tell him to. His agent, you. his agent will, absolutely. But I just think that the way he is as, as a player, I think you have a better chance with him than you will with Dak. And so uh, I know that's a dangerous game to play. You would want to get them both signed, but they're in a position where they, they have to. I mean, they just invested too much in both of these guys to, be, to just be able to move on from one of them or the other, if not both. Uh, if, if they didn't bring in Mike McCarthy to do a rebuild, they brought in Mike McCarthy to build on what this team has already been doing. I don't know how you're building on anything without Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper on the roster. Let me just say this at the outset. I leave the real football evaluation to people like you, people like Bob Sturm, who we have, who we have here at The Athletic, who's doing extensive film breakdowns every single week and i suggest everybody that listens to this check those out if you aren't already subscribe to the athletic and get your work get bob's work for some real football opinions but you know i I, to be quite honest with you john i don't think dak can win a super bowl i really don't i think dak is a good player i do I don't think he's the guy that's going to take you to the promised land. I don't think he's the guy that's going to throw four wins in a row in the playoffs in tough environments on the road or, you know, God forbid they have another bye, which would be incredible. But I think he's a great player, but I don't think he is a transition. I mean, a transformative player by any means. Uh, and do you think want, uh, do you think Wentz or Goff are, are, I think Carson Wentz has shown that, um, you know, I, certainly what he did, for the for the Eagles that year they won the Super Bowl pretty much got them where they needed to be to put them in position to win a championship. Uh, you know, when I look at this list of, of starting quarterbacks, I would put Dak Prescott 
in the middle of the league at best on these lists. There's oh, I think over it, uh, 10, oh. 10 to 15 to maybe 20 guys I would rather have than Dak Prescott. Wow. Man, I didn't and know. Should I, I go by this? this? I want to hear your, you know. Yeah, run them down. Uh, okay, well, we're going to skip Tennessee because they got they got two guys there. But uh, Russell Wilson? I mean, I'd rather have Russell Wilson, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't, I, I, I'm fine with Dak over Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's done any. I mean, he was he's a he was a game manager, and when they he had to win the Super Bowl, he didn't do it. So, true. Put Dak on that team with that defense, that running game. I I don't know that they would be in any different situation. Wow, I don't know. I'd take Jimmy G with Mike McCarthy at the helm. I think I think he's a pocket passer kind of coach, and from what we've seen so far, and we'll see. I mean, but this is the difference because on a lot of these guys, you're gonna. I know which way you're going to go because you've already said that you don't think he can win a Super Bowl, and I do think he can win a Super Bowl. So because I, I don't can, think you need think to be he the can best lead a team in the locker room, but when it oh, comes yeah. down to the skill set, I just don't. I just don't well, know. I just I'm not saying he's I'm Russell Wilson, to... but Russell Wilson is not the same player today that he was when he first got in the league, and I feel the same way about Dak. Like Dak was solid his rookie year, but he's definitely gotten better as a player since then. Um, I don't know that the defensive side of the ball has really done them many favors. So um, I like that he's always there. Uh, he, he hasn't missed a game. That's he's what I'm he's rock he solid. He does all the right things. He, he, he's a great leader. Um, great guy. And I do think he's he got all the right stuff at the podium. All Everything that they want. Yeah. But he has improved as a passer. As a leader. He you. has improved. You're, you're absolutely right. He improved last year as a passer. I will give him that. He may, He's made plays for this team. But... And like I said, when you get in the playoffs, it's an entirely different animal. And yeah. he was shell-shocked. Would, would you rather have Matthew Stafford than Dak Prescott? That's tough. That's kind of where I draw the line because these guys are at the end of their career. You know, you know, I'm looking more at guys like Josh Allen, like Kyler Murray, like Baker Mayfield, like, yep. um, of course, Mahomes, uh, Jared Goff. Would you ever have Jared Goff than Dak? No, I'd rather have Dak. I've changed on Jared Goff a lot over the last year or so. I, I, I give a lot more credit to Sean McVay than I give to, to Jared Goff. Like, I think Jared Goff's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. I understand yeah. why they paid him, but I think that Sean McVay came in the league and kind of uh, put, in, put in a system that made him really uh, uh, maybe look a little bit better than he was. And, I, and, I, and Jared Goff, I think, is a player that he still has a, a lot of upside as well, but I don't know that he. I look at him and go, oh, he's better than Dak. I don't think he is. Cam Newton. Oh, if he was healthy and, and you knew what you were going to get, then I would I couldn't go against Cam. He's a former MVP, but he just he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So no, I would take Dak. Lamar Jackson. I think I already know your answer there. And we can go with the obvious ones: Drew Brees, Tom Brady. What about Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. No, I'd rather have Daniel Dak. Jones. At Dak. What about Case? Uh, not Case Keenum. Uh, your guy in Minnesota. Dak. Wow. Oh, Dak. Surprising no. me. No, no, these. no. I could put. I, I mean, if you're talking about me ranking quarterbacks, I, I put Dak somewhere between eight to twelve. Yeah. Yeah, I had him. I, I did my list. I had him about fifteen on here. Yeah. Depending on what what the health of some of these guys are. And, and I believe and, if you know, you're, I believe Deshaun if you're Watson, the, I would take. I take Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> yeah, man, it's tough, you know. But yeah, no. I think they're having that debate. I, I really do. I think they're having the debate of, yeah, he's our guy right now, but is he going to be in five years? You know, and that's why you do a four-year deal because then you figure it out, and then after four years, then you come back at it, and yeah, you know, and you look you look at it where it is from there. But 
quarterback is just a position that you generally don't get in this position where you're sitting here and you're, you know, there's the uncertainty of if you're going to have him for workouts and if he's not going to be around. Like, I mean, you have holdouts with other positions, but quarterback is like the leader of your team. Like, you don't really want a lot of animosity there. You want that guy to be, you know, leading the group. And if you're putting yourself in a position where it's just not going to be good if he's not around. And I'm not just saying the Cowboys are. Obviously, Dak's putting himself in that position, too, and, and his and his agent, if he, if they're willing to sit out off-season workouts and things like that. but Yeah, it's definitely been an interesting I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. This is, this is totally a uh, – I don't have any – and nobody's told me this, um, so I'm not saying that, that there's any truth behind this, but it's just some speculation that I've, I've had on my own. I, was, I wonder how much Jerry's helped Dak over the years get some of those – uh, endorsements because a lot of those endorsements mm. line up with what the Cowboys have, and I wonder if because when he was underpaid like that, that Jerry went out of his way because that does. I mean, you know, you worked for the Cowboys for for a long time. Like, doesn't that seem like something that Jerry would do? He he said he did that with Tony Romo to help him get get in the CBS camp, and, right? And with Witten to get the Monday Night Football exactly gig, so. things like that. He hooks his boys up, right? Here, what what do you think about Emmett Smith saying? that Dak needs to take a discount because he is the quarterback of America's team and he can go make money elsewhere. I have no problem with him saying that if he wouldn't have said that. I, I believe it was $25 million. It was something <laughs> in the 20s, and that's just coming. Come on now. This guy is, is clearly a starting quarterback. I, and like I said, I already think that he's, you know, like I said, somewhere between 8 to 12 if I had to rank them all. Uh, that guy, if you're in age 12, you're getting well over $30 million a year. I mean, I mean, I don't think that there's any doubt that the Cowboys would give him 33 with 34 right now. I, I just think that he might want 36, 37, and that right. might be where they're running into some problems there. But I certainly think that, that if he came to them and was like, give me the golf or Wentz deal, I think they would get it done, you know? Yeah, man, you got to hope that Patrick Mahomes doesn't sign some ridiculous contract. If you're the Cowboys... I mean, not that he's Patrick know, Mahomes. I don't but, know if I mean, Mahomes' stock will ever be higher than his right now. Right, because exactly. Because if he signed a deal right now for $40 million a year, how many people would be like, that's just absurd? Like, me, like, well. I wouldn't. No, I know. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to hope. I mean, they should have bought. The Cowboys should have bought in when the price was the lowest in, in the market, you yeah. know, which was at the beginning of the season. And to be honest with you, I think they didn't get the deal done because I think that they think that Dak plays better under pressure when he's trying to prove something. When he knew Tony Romo was sitting on the bench and, oh, he could come in here at any time, he played his best football of his entire life there. And once he was the starting quarterback the next year, not as good, right? I really do think that. When he's trying to play for something, to prove to himself something, to prove to others something, I think he plays better than when he's got, all right, you're our guy, man, take us there. Then that's kind of what happened when you know, the season after he was the Heisman candidate. You know, He was a great, better player, but... They didn't have better results, you know, wins-wise. And they weren't number one. And there could be truth to that. But you don't mess with a quarterback like that. You just can't. If he, if he was a defensive end. I don't think they said that to him. No, no, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying even if they have that thinking is, yeah. is flawed. Because if it was like a defensive end, like a linebacker, a cornerback, that's fine. But a quarterback, like that <laughs> yep. guy has to be, you want your quarterback to be your team leader. You want him to be the first one in last leave. You want him running all your offseason workouts when it's, you know, player-led. You want him to be in the weight room all the time, at the facility, you know, watching film, always being around. The guy should always see him, in the, whether they're in the cafeteria, out in the parking lot. 
he's out on the field throwing, whatever. Like, he, that guy has to always be there. Like, the quarterback is just so, I mean, to me, it's the most important position in all of sports. It's just like a lot of these other sports, you can sit there and say that, like, hey, let's just, hey, he'll sit out some of spring training, but he'll be there for, for, for opening day. Yeah, that's fine for baseball. But, like, your quarterback, it just, it's so much different. There's so much on his plate that you just can't mess around and play games like that. And that's why the guys get overpaid. Like, regardless of what anybody says, because you need to get that out of the way because that is mm-hmm. not a distraction you want. Just think about how, how, how bad this would be if the roles were, were reversed. And then going into training camp, Dak goes to Cabo and doesn't go to any of training camp. And all of a sudden, he's going to come back right before the start of the season. That would be such a disaster. Like you, Jeez, but yeah. but Zeke stepped in, and, and I'm not saying he had his best season, but he stepped in and he had a better season than I think a quarterback would if he tried doing the same thing. Yeah, you're right, and I wonder how much the the Zeke deal has to do with their thinking here, you know, in terms of how much they paid him versus how much how well he played. I mean, probably thought he played a little bit better than than he ended up doing. But here's my thing on Dak. The last thing we'll say, maybe the last thing we'll say on him, we'll move on, but. uh I think that they think that Dak is a good player. But, you know, to me, it goes back to what we were talking about at the outset here with the NFL Combine. This is a business. They know they will be competitive with Dak Prescott back there. They know they'll be in the mix in the NFC East with Dak back there. I don't even think they care if he's the guy to win the Super Bowl. I really don't. I I disagree with that from this point because... Um, I do believe that even if they did think he was good, um, they would still be all about him because the alternative is so much worse. Right. That's like, exactly what, what I'm saying. That's what why they're gonna... about him, though, is because the alternative is draft a guy, roll the dice on yeah. somebody, and, and there's so much he might suck, there. or he could be the next Tom Brady. You, you don't know. Like, like if he wasn't on this roster right now, and they were picking five or six, and you're telling me that they're going to get Tua or Justin, Justin Herbert, like, I don't understand how anybody could sit there and go, okay, yeah, this we're better off this way. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, even if you well, think that the other guy has a better upside, you've just invested four years in this guy, and he's been your starter for four years. you've invested four years paying him 400 k a year. It's really... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they haven't invested much of anything. A fourth-round pick? And, yeah, but you've he, seen, he you, sold a crap ton of jerseys, and your team was relevant, and... He said all the right things. But he helped you win a lot of games, too, though. He did. They did win he a did. lot of games. So. I mean, the only and you th- certainly didn't think that was going to happen. You certainly didn't think this guy was going to come in there and not only play well when he took over, but the fact that he would force Tony Romo into early retirement. I don't think right. that they expect any of that. I mean, a lot of that I mean, says a lot about him because if they thought he was just a, ah, he's a good stopgap guy until our next guy, they would have talked Tony into staying. They, they would not have been like, all right, well, this is our guy. It's time to go in another direction, Tony. They never would have let that happen. I mean, Jerry loves Tony. There's just no way. But he knew and they know that, that this is their guy. And that's why he's going to yeah. eventually get paid. Man, all I got to say is if Dak ends his career in Dallas and kind of the same deal, you know, maybe knocked out of the second round of the playoffs is as high as he gets. There's going to be people like, we let Romo retire for this guy, well, you know? Romo couldn't stay healthy. That's the, that, I mean, that's that's a problem. Pretty healthy like, at the end of the in the end there, but you can't count on him. That yeah, that's true. Like I mean, you were talking about a guy I mean, that started all sixty four games. One more run with the best offensive line in the league and Ezekiel Elliott back there. I mean, it was kind of a freak thing. It was a, you know, he got crunched down on in Seattle. I mean, that was you know he had a couple collarbone issues, but that was the same issue that he kept dealing with. That same yeah, backs thing. generally don't get better. You don't yeah. generally don't get back issues, and all of a sudden stop getting back issues. 
as you get older and you continue yeah. to get tackled by large human beings running very fast at you. I didn't think the window was closed in 2016 for Tony Romo. You know, I mean, I would have probably brought him back for. I mean, what about Tony Romo? Obviously, he must have been. He must have seen enough in, in Dak Prescott to step away. If he, if it was just some. If it was okay, here I'll give you. I'll That's give true. You, he here, was. I'll give he you. was owed money. You want, you right. want, you you're want right. the perfect example? Yeah. You're telling me. You're, you're telling me that Tony Romo's stepping away from the game right now. If he was the Tennessee Titans quarterback and he got hurt and Tannehill's <laughs> in there, he'd be like, "No, I'm just going to go into camp and beat Tannehill out." I mean, let's be serious here. He knew too. He's clearly seen enough where he was like, "Yeah, we're." Well, he Dak had the locker room. Dak, he had the locker room, you know, and and I think he still does, and I think that has to factor in too. Dak should have, I mean, that Tony Romo should have been playing in the playoffs that year, you know, talking about. I don't don't need to go down that road. Yeah, I was going to say, I certainly don't think that he's the reason that they lost that playoff. No, not at all. It's just it's fun to speculate, John. It is fun, and we are and we are having fun here. Um, So I want to go over something that another quarterback said, and there's been some speculation regarding Tua. Tagalo Livlovia. I'm not going to butcher Tunga that. Tunga Viola. Tagavailoa. There you go. The Alabama quarterback and interest in the Cowboys, perhaps. <laughs> you know, I go on record saying everybody has interest in playing for the Dallas Cowboys. But here's what Tua, Tua was asked about it. Literally the first question, I think, of his press conference, he was asked about the Cowboys, and here's his response to that. You know, all I said was, I'm a, I'm a big Cowboys fan. I grew up a Cowboys fan my entire life. Um, you know, I, I understand that. You know, a lot of people have, have changed my words around, saying, you know, that's the only team I want to go to. But that's 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 not true. Um, I grew up a Cowboys fan. I have two dogs that are named Dallas and Star. You know, just to tell you guys how big of a Cowboys fan I was growing up. Um, but, I'd be, I'd be grateful, um, you know, to, to be drafted by, by any team. Let's think about the last two high-profile players to say that. I can remember. Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. Yeah, there That's you where go. they both ended up. They don't have a chance at Tua. To no. be quite honest. Tua will be picked in the top ten. Yeah, Somebody's going to roll the dice on that. Yeah, and you, I mean, I talk to people when I'm out here. There's, uh, yeah, that's not happening. I mean, the, the thing is that they're at 17. They have so many other needs. And they, like, again, like, just because, Kent, you don't believe in Dak doesn't mean that they don't believe in Dak. And so that, I, I just, think that it, they it's believe a, that it, Dak can be the guy, Dak can be just the same reason Jason Garrett had a job for 10 years. They'll, they can be at least 8-8 eight and eight every year, and you're selling out the stadium, and as soon as the offseason ends, you're on your $250 million yacht, and everything's gravy. All right, I really me. think that they love the lifestyle that they're in. And Let me give you the two hypotheticals. The outset. We'll, say, we'll say they had the number one pick, and that mm-hmm. Tua was there. there and there's no Joe Burrow. He, he's not in this equation. It, they could take Tua if they wanted to. If I was just breaking down the two players, I want Dak Prescott over Tua. He's bigger. He doesn't have injury history. He did the same stuff in college that Tua did, except that he went to Mississippi State, and so he yeah. couldn't elevate. You tell me if Dak Prescott went to LSU instead of Mississippi State, he couldn't have taken them to a national title. He clearly elevated a program that's not. What, did you know anything about Mississippi State before yeah, he went there? Yeah. And here's the thing about here's the thing. Like he's a bigger guy too. Like indestructible. Dak's build, he's played every game. Dak's build yeah. sets up better. I will say one thing though, from being at that podium session where Tua made those comments that you just played, they are both very very media savvy and very polished and they both are leaders and I and I can see him having I can see Tua having success whatever team he goes to because he has a lot of those Dak qualities as well where you just he seems like 
the, the like the guy that you'd want behind the scenes. I mean, heck, to be able to step into that national championship game a few years back and just sit there and, and just put him on their back if not playing all season like that, you're just crazy. I mean, yeah, so unbelievable. I'm not, yeah, I think he's got a I think he's got a, a really good NFL future. But I'm just saying, I, yep. I I would feel more comfortable right now if you told me how to pick between the two. Uh, I would rather have Dak Prescott. I would take Dak Prescott right now versus Tua. Right Who I also now. believe, but if you're I mean, talking about both of them as prospects coming out. Two all oh, day. Oh yeah, well yeah. When they're coming out of college, yeah, for sure. I mean, Dak, Dak far had, exceeded expectations. Yeah, well, Dak had a lot NFL. of limitations in terms of his throwing that I think gave a lot of teams a little uh, cause for concern. I mean, yeah. he talks about it and just how he how he changed his throwing style and stuff like that. The way his he would feet, throw his footwork. Yeah, the yep. way he would throw off the front front of his feet. Yep. I mean, he he was one of those guys where it was almost like he was like he just kind of played off feel as an import as as a as a going against maybe more mechanics and that, but yeah. how, how much he's changed over the last three or four years. But I mean, he was, he was a winner in the beginning and, but he's elevated the rest of his game to get there. But yeah, no, when he was coming out of Mississippi state, of course not. I mean, Dak was going to be a third, fourth round pick. He was never going to be a guy that goes in the top 10. Like two is going to go for sure. What I think, what I wonder here is what Mike McCarthy, th- cause we know how Jason Garrett thinks at, in regards to the draft and, and player evaluation. I really wonder how Mike McCarthy thinks about player evaluation. If it's the same, if it aligns with what Jason Garrett thought, you know, would would Mike McCarthy have drafted Dak Prescott in the fourth round? I don't know. I mean, I, I know he's he'll take him now at where he is in his in his career, but you know, I, I wonder how they how they evaluate players. And and speaking of that, we've got a an exclusive cut here from lunch with McCarthy. If you want to give a little bit of context to this, uh, John, uh, you guys had lunch with Coach McCarthy. That's a new thing. That was awesome, man. Uh, just a really good opportunity. Cowboys uh, Public Relations put together a chance for uh, seven or eight of us who cover the team that came out here uh, after Coach McCarthy talked on the podium for about uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, we walked over to a restaurant nearby, and uh, we had lunch. And so uh, we, t- we the lunch was it was well over an hour. It might've been a couple hours. I don't remember exactly what it was, but we got to talk to him for probably about another 15, 20 minutes on the record, uh, while we were waiting uh, for lunch to come out. And so this is a cut from, uh, uh, one of the questions he was asked about, uh, you know, specifically on defense, uh, you know, and adding talent exclusively here on the athletic. Here we go. From what they tell me, the way Rod, you know, formatted, you know, each position on where certain guys in the drafts, how they fit, um, it's going to be it's going to be different here because we're running a different scheme. So um, I, I've, I've always felt that, and, it, and really a part of it is developed because in Green Bay, when you're picking 26, 27, 20, I mean, you're down there in the 20s every year. You know, it, you know, when you're throwing away good players because they don't fit your system, you got to take a hard look at your system. And if a guy's a good football player, he, he can play for me. That's something I've always played. Now, you know, now you want you want your team to look a certain way. You know, you don't want to. I mean, you still, I still believe in body types and measurables and, you know, you have limits. But if a guy's a really good player, and then especially when you get into pass rushing, this is what everybody wants to talk about. Is he an open side end? Is he a traditional defensive end? Is he an outside linebacker? Is he a DPR? So you have to have those spots for all the guys because at the end of the day, when we line up 53 of our guys, I want six rushers and I want four inside players. I don't care if they're DPRs. Outside. I mean, we, because they got to be able to, you know, especially the way the Dallas Cowboys, we're going to score points. So we better have enough pass rushers on our team because we're going to be in those kind of games. You know, that's that's the way we're built. That's, you know, that's the way we were built in Green Bay. You know, I, I you know, uh, 
I want to be much better on defense at this spot than I was in my last opportunity. I mean, that's a goal of mine uh, because it's when you, you know, it's fun to have to go score 35 every game, but it's it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> a little courtesy laugh there from the media. <laughs> got the There's another one. Got that curse. Yeah, thanks. I'm not funny. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, a couple things stuck out to me there, John. Give me your thoughts on this. When he talks about that, if he's a good player, he can play for me. Does that make you think they're going to go best player available at 17 regardless of, oh, this isn't the safety that we probably need, but this great wide receiver is sitting there and he's number one on our board, so we're going for it, you know? I, I do believe that to a certain extent. Um, I, I do believe that it'll come down to the best player available that's a defensive player. I just think okay. that there's too many holes uh, on the defense. And so um, I think what that lines you up with is defensive end, defensive tackle, cornerback, and safety. If I was a betting man, it would be one of those four positions is what they're going to take at 17. Uh, I believe it'd be one of those four positions, even if they traded back uh, a few spots. Um, I think that that's where they're going to be focused at. And th- my big takeaway from that is that when I say uh, a defensive end um, and hearing, obviously, Mike McCarthy's comments there about best player available and, and that it doesn't have to fit a certain thing, uh, that he just wants the best player, that obviously takes you back 2017. The Cowboys take Taco Charlton because he fits what Rod Marinelli was doing on defense. T.J. Watt is a guy that I believe with this current coaching staff they would have taken in that situation. And uh, obviously, T.J. Watt has been one of the uh, best defensive players in all of football, and Taco Charlton is no longer on the roster. So um, that obviously is going to be heard by Cowboys fans, and they are going to uh, like that very much. But uh, I I would be very surprised if they took a a wide receiver or an offensive lineman or a tight end at 17. Um, I think that it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. I think it's going to be a pass rusher. The, the, The big thing on defensive tackle, though, the key there, is that they are going to be looking for bigger defensive tackles, uh, uh, taller, uh, more stout. Like, look for the guys that, you know, Javon Kin- uh, Kinlaw is a guy that yeah. a lot of people are talking about. He's probably going to be gone before the Cowboys are on the board. But that, a guy like that, you know, a guy over 6'4", long arms, over, well over 300 pounds. You know, that's the thing. The Cowboys have been going a lot of defensive tackles, shorter, stockier guys, around 300 pounds. Like, I'm talking like 325, the type of B.J. Raji-type players that he had Ooh, when he was love in that. Trash can Bay. full of dirt. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah. And, and so look, so look for that at defensive tackle uh for them to change a little bit there but um no i i don't know i just i would be very surprised if it's not a defensive player there if he's a good player he can play for my football team i like that and that echoes what mike nolan was saying that you get playmakers first and the best guys will be out there playing you know it it really isn't about i think he was maybe referencing jordan lewis of being too short or whatever if this guy's your best playmaker if this guy's the only guy getting interceptions for you he needs to be out there I don't give a crap about, about, I don't know, scheme was the issue with Jordan Lewis, but it was more preference of the coach, you know. And, and you I don't know. know if it's a scheme thing as more as uh, I feel like Jordan Lewis, maybe he, um, maybe he wasn't as solid across the board in some areas where maybe he wouldn't give up. Maybe he would give up too many big plays. Right. And then so it's like the Didn't risk reward. Yeah. And while a lot of teams are fine with that, that Cowboys defense, the way it was structured, they liked a lot of like 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 a Byron Jones. Not going to gain interceptions. He's also not going to get beat, beat deep and give up big plays. And and I don't think there's any better example than that New York Jets game where they throw that deep ball to Robbie Anderson. That was, if you've watched the Cowboys over the last decade, that was such a rare play. You very rarely see them just get beat over the top for yeah. a long touchdown like that because that's how that they played on the back end. 
now with this change and a new defensive scheme coming in, you could see a guy like Jordan Lewis flourish. Absolutely. I expect to see him play more under this new coaching staff. I really do. Well, especially if Byron Jones isn't back. And yeah. From everything I'm hearing out here, uh, that, that seems very unlikely. Oh, I think the ship has sailed and, on, on Byron Jones. I mean, unless, like I said, I always say, like, if he's willing to take some crazy team-friendly deal, but... No um, chance. Yeah, but I don't see why you would do that when Every you're the Every podcast I've corner. been producing out here has talked about, well, if we sign Byron Jones, you know, yeah. Giants, Broncos, Eagles, everybody is in on him. Right. And, and they're going to pay a lot of money to get him. Right. Exactly. You know, the thing I wonder about, about Taco Charlton is how much Will McClay had to do with that decision, you know? And is Mike McCarthy able to maybe change some philosophies of Will McClay as well, you know? Because I think Will McClay was, felt good about the pick at the time. And yeah. the evidence suggests, you know, since he's gone to Miami, he had more sacks than he had in his whole career here, you know? So really, well, was, it this, was it the coaching staff or the scheme and why he didn't have success here? Because everybody felt good about that, I felt like, at the time, or at least for the value of the pick. Right, no, for sure. Um, I just, I think it comes back to this. While we're sitting here and, you know, the bench press is going on over there and, uh, you know, the, these teams are walking by and stuff like that, let's, let's, let's get something that's very truthful out there right now. There's a lot of luck involved. Yeah, like, that's a good let, point. Let's not act like that all these teams just draft well every single year. Do some teams draft better than others? Absolutely. But to sit there and have the 2016 draft that, that Will McClay did, and then you have the 2017 and then this 2019 one that obviously don't, doesn't look the greatest. Um, there's been other, you know, it's just it's a year-to-year thing. And sometimes uh, in the first round, this team has had very, a lot of success, above average success in the right. first round. And I think most people were saying, T.J. Watt screaming that at their TVs at that at that moment, you know, and I think clearly they would admit, yeah, it's probably what we should have done. We're not right, but there's the a lot of people that were screaming at their TV, and and it's going to be hard to find them now because they've gone into hiding. They don't want to admit put it. His, feet, his hand on the ground. No, but, but there's a lot of people that were screaming at their TVs that they wanted the Cowboys to take Johnny Manziel That's too. True. Okay, and that would have been a huge disaster. So That's what I mean, they've had good luck in the first, especially round. when they saw when yeah. they drafted Zach Martin. I will never forget the audio from at the stadium during the draft party when they took Zach Martin over Johnny Manziel. Booze. Oh, there's my God. So many and, and And to sit there. So it's like, well, I'm not sitting here saying that fans can't identify talent. Um, obviously, you can. You have more video to watch now than ever before that's at your fingertips. But to think that fans are going to draft better than somebody like Will McClay, who uh, not only is good at what he does, but he puts it, – it's his – it's like it's like me sitting here putting together a mock draft compared to Dane's mock draft. <laughs> like, he's working on this thing 365. I'm going to jump in for about two, three months. You know, like, right. let's be serious here. But um, Well, Will I, McClay I, blew, blew my mind when he did the Travis Frederick thing. Right. When well – most I will, people had a third round grade, and they're like, "No, this guy's really good player." <laughs> no, that yeah, that worked out well for yeah. them because obviously Sharif Floyd's not even in the NFL anymore, sure. and they end up getting uh, Travis Frederick and Terrence Williams out of that. Now Terrence Williams is in the NFL anymore, but he also was a solid starter for you for four years, and right. you got out of the third round. So, um, no, I mean that's the thing. Like, I mean, I asked Will at, at the combine, I mean at the uh, at training camp last year about the, the Dak pick and just how do you identify uh, a franchise quarterback in the fourth round? Obviously, kind of joking with him, and he's like, "You got to be lucky. You got to have some luck in there." And it, I mean, it's true because you just go back to heck, even that draft, that that 2016 draft, that's going down as one of the greatest drafts in Cowboys history. And they didn't. If you thought Dak was going to be even close to what he is right now, you would have tra- tried to trade up to get him in the first round. No, they tried to trade up to get Paxton Lynch, didn't get him. Then they tried to trade up and get in the in the top of the fourth Connor round Cook. to get Connor Cook. Mm-hmm. And then they had a pick in the fourth round because they couldn't get Connor Cook, 
and they sat there and they drafted Charles Tapper. Yep. And then they waited till their second Gosh. fourth round pick, their um, compensatory pick, which they got yeah, for Jeremy Parnell, and yeah. they sat there and they and they found Dak Prescott. So I mean, there's there's a lot of luck involved there. You're absolutely right, and and I mean, every pick of that 2016 draft was a risk. Taking a running back at four, risky. Taking Jalen Smith, risky. Yep. Taking Dak was a risk for most people. I mean, they probably. I would say maybe they had a third round grade on him at, at the highest and like value for the pick was there and maybe we need a backup eventually. If, and if I was going to look at one position though and say that, Ooh, this one has left me scratching my head. It's definitely the defensive line. They're just, there's yeah. been a lot of high picks there. Tristan Hill. That, that, you know, yeah, Tristan Hill, mm-hmm. tackle Charlton, uh, Randy Gregory. Um, you know, there's just been high round picks there that should still be on this roster and and they're not. And so there's been the hits and misses there because really the only one that they've got, Malik Collins was obviously solid, and then DeMarcus they have DeMarcus Lawrence. Lawrence. Yep. And But after that, um, with the, what they've invested in the defensive line, you, you'd think they'd be in better shape than they are right now. And so that's one of those things where, and I bring that up because there's a chance that maybe there is a good you know defensive end that's there at 17. You know, um, I will say, though, when they have had, when Will's had his best drafts, it's when they've been drafting higher. Yeah, when, when the drafts have been iffy are those ones where they're at the back right. end of the first round. And so they're at the 17 spot. What were they, 18 or 19? They took Leighton Van Der Esch. That ended up being a pretty solid draft. As long as Leighton comes back with the neck issue and everything's okay there. Uh, if it doesn't, then obviously we're going to be looking back on that draft. That was the issue coming out was his neck, right? But I will say, if you get Leighton Van Der Esch and he go, gets back to being his Pro Bowl form, and Michael Gallup, that's pretty solid. Oh yeah, top of your draft right there. You did you did well, you know. Right, exactly. Well, something else that uh, that stuck out to me from just rewinding a bit about Stephen Jones was towards the end, blew my mind. Didn't completely shut the door on Des Bryant. Yeah, I think he's just being nice. I don't think so. No, he's not going to be on the roster. I don't think he's going to be on the roster. But Stephen Jones is totally the type of person who will say. Des was a great player for us for a long time. We decided to move on, and that's pretty much what it is. But he said, literally, we'll talk about it with our staff. We'll see yeah. kind of where we are on in terms of that position, you know, and who we have. And this is a completely different coaching staff. And trust me, Mike McCarthy knows what Des Bryant can do. He saw it in the catch-no-catch catch game, right? That's a long time ago. That was a, it, it, that was, was pre, it was It was six years Achilles ago. Injury. You're, you're right. But, I mean, if, if Des... Des is working out at the star pretty much. I'm not saying he's going to be back. I don't think he's going to be back, but I think they'd probably do a little bit more due diligence there than they would have previously. You know, I would and be very surprised if I was Des very Bryant su- plays for the Cowboys. Very surprised by Stephen Jones's answer of not completely shutting the door on the thing. I'd like I, to see him back in the NFL. I mean, he's obviously a fun player to watch, and there are obviously teams out there. I mean, seeing him, th- uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing him the other day. You know, you put him in the right offense. I, 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 I don't think he's going to be 2014 Des, but I think he could still contribute. I think if, he can go in the red zone like yeah. Dewitton did and throw it up to him and. And we'll see. Not that they just, don't. They might Gallup and Amari and just being around McCarthy today. I think it's pretty clear that they want Randall Cobb to be back, and that fits in there well. And yeah. so I kind of feel like, why would you want to get older at wide receiver? I think if they want to add another mm-hmm. wide receiver, you would do it in this draft because, as I'm sure right. you've heard Dan yep. say over and over, how deep. deep it is. Yep. And I think there's just a lot of uh, possibilities there that uh, you might have a like. Here's the scenario I was thinking about with the Cowboys. Wide receiver obviously isn't one of their biggest needs, but 
you could obviously add another player. Who's to say that they're not sitting there in like maybe the fifth or sixth round and there's a receiver that they had a second or third round grade on that continues to fall because other teams are taking other wide receivers and they're like, man, there's just great value in this guy here. We can't let this guy keep slipping. We got we to pull the trigger. And I think that's how you could see the Cowboys potentially get a receiver out of this class or improve their receiving core. I just don't, I don't know. It's, and it, it's, it really isn't as much about Dez. It's just I don't see them adding another older veteran like that. I just think that they they want to stay young on, on that situation in that position. But I, I'm, I'm intrigued because I want to see... I, I, I'm not forgetting about Tony Pollard. I, I, I really think that the more he's around, I think there's going to be, you know, you add in another guy, another offensive guy like Mike McCarthy, I think there's a chance where you see uh, some more wide receiver opportunities for Tony Pollard. So uh, there's still a lot lot to be done there. I, I think you're going to see more, out of, obviously, out of Blake Jarwin at, at tight end. Um, there's still things that they can they can move around. I, I think the offense is going to be fine, to be honest with you. Like I'm, yeah, I, I would I, take last year's offense and be good with it. Right. And Honestly, just, and, I mean, offensive line is... There's some free agency issues there, you know, that we'll maybe figure out or what's going on there with Connor McGovern and things like that. But I would take these skill players for sure. The same yep. exact receiving core with Gallup, Cobb, Cooper, Dak, Zeke. I would go out there tomorrow with that yeah. same. No, the, the reason they fell short They're is because improve. the defense and that special teams unit. And so yep. they went out and got one of the best special teams coaches in the league and then I, I believe this is going to be a very defensive-heavy draft, and and with the goal being that some of those later-round picks can also help on special teams and improve that unit as well. But um, if there weren't so many holes on defense, I, I, I'd buy into this best player available wholeheartedly. But because there are so many holes, I just find it hard to believe that this isn't going to be a very defensive-heavy draft. Last thing I want to want to talk about here, and we'll, we'll wrap up, and hopefully we'll be back later in the week after depending on when Jerry talks on Friday. I've got to fly out Friday night, but hopefully he talks and we can do a little show here for for everybody uh, talking about that. If not, we'll we'll hit it up next week. Yeah, get some good audio. Get some audio. From the bus. From the bus, yeah. Jerry will definitely have something to say. And please ask him about Dez. I want to see if Jerry completely shuts the door on on Dez. He Uh, will not. I'm literally going to start the question. And it's no disrespect to Dez to say, you were here. You're not anymore. We've moved on. I'm Des li- would understand that. I'm literally going to start the, the question by saying, Jerry, Stephen Garrison. No, you Kent say Garrison. Stephen didn't shut no. the door. <laughs> Kent Garrison wants to know about Des Bryant. He, he like, who was that? He's like, oh, we worked for you for seven years. Like, Jerry, it doesn't matter. I don't know who that Jerry, is. Jerry, yes, you do. He's like, oh, well, he sat in front of you in the bus for every time. He's like, I, and he I go, yes, I, was, I remember. I had a Miller now. Lite, and we were all drinking Miller Lights. I don't, exactly. I don't He'll remember, remember you. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on is is you know speaking of quarterback do you see them bringing in a veteran backup quarterback what do you see do you see Cooper Rush is still the guy that's very that's very very interesting if if you told me uh that they that Jason Garrett kept his job and he's still here right now I'd say yeah Cooper Rush let's move on with it because we've had this long track record of seeing that this is what he's going to do um but now with a new new head coach not only a new head coach but a a quarterback guru type guy like that, and Mike McCarthy, who he has obviously a long history of having success at uh, grooming quarterbacks. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't completely dismiss the idea of them trying to bring uh, some some other competition a in. Landry Jones post XFL <laughs> championship. I've, I've been saying I want to, see, I would like to see what Cooper Rush would do in in the XFL because you just imagine if he was torching it over there, he'd be getting so much publicity right that's now. That's true. That's my that's my hope for the XFL. By the way, I'd I'd like to see it turn into a league where we could see Cooper Rush playing right now. We could see Tristan Hill playing right now. We can see oh, some of these guys that are still on rosters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, that, where they could uh, yeah. like. 
you could see, I just think fans would be a little bit more interested too, because you could sit there and if you're a Cowboys fan, be like, you know what? I really don't know what we have in Cedric Wilson as much or mm. Chris Covington or some of these younger players. And then you'd get them to play in that. But it's the liability of them. Right. They it's got probably, hurt, yeah, you're exactly. If you're, it's probably not going to happen. But Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see, you know, maybe Mariota gets away. You know, maybe Andy Dalton might be a guy that could come in here and back be a solid back. I'll, ask, I'm, I'll definitely ask Jerry that about the um, uh, the backup quarterback and where they are with Rush. That that is that is interesting. Like I said, typically I would say, yeah, it's going to be Rush. They they like him. Uh, he's been in the system, but now now having a new head coach who his specialty is quarterbacks. Uh, I think that door could possibly be open more than it's not. I don't know what he thinks of Cooper Rush. You know that we've had the few times we've been around Mike McCarthy. It just that hasn't been something. You know that there's just so many other things that I've wanted to ask him. Others have wanted to ask him, but uh, no, that's a good point. That that could be a uh, position to look at. Now, I just don't see him spending very much on it because they no. just have so many other areas to spend on. But. What about Nick Foles? I think he would need oh, too much Foles money. In, Foles isn't an option. Yeah, but there you go. You think no. he's going to be starting somewhere else? He's not He's not the, he's guy be, in, not the guy in Jacksonville yeah, anymore. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be starting somewhere else, but I think he'll get enough money that'll, that would put him out of uh, the Cowboys range. Yeah, I mean... I was thinking more along the lines of not even a, that that route. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, an undrafted rookie free agent type who's another, like, Cooper Rush really? type that wasn't drafted. As that the made, backup. But, I mean, that's what happened with Cooper Rush. I'm saying right, to bring in he, as competition. Like, maybe there's a guy that Mike McCarthy's like, hey, I really like this. I've seen this guy in film. I really like this kid. Let's bring him in there. And then he battles with Cooper Rush, and then maybe he wins the job. But I don't think that... I don't see them spending significantly on, on some, like, accomplished backup, like a Nick Foles like, who's I, I won a Super they, Bowl. I, I don't know if they spend money on a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but I think they do get a guy that's been in the league for X amount, of, maybe a Chase Daniel type of guy, you know, who's performed at a high level when he's been called upon and see I don't want it's, that it's more of a trust issue if you if Dak goes down in week three and Cooper Rush is your quarterback you're, f- you're screwed yeah you're, you're just I know things didn't work out with Brett Hundley in, in Green Bay but I there's a part of me that would be intrigued to see what McCarthy could do with a young quarterback that I would want know. a third guy I want a guy that's my practice squad quarterback that you're developing for the future I do not want an improving guy backing up Dak Prescott if you're going for the Super Bowl this year, if you're really trying to maximize this window of two to three years right. with this roster, you can't do that. You can't do They got screwed before when they had to go out and sign Matt Castle. And it was in the exact same situation where they didn't have a guy that was the guy. And they had to make a trade, and it was the wrong trade, of course. But you, screw, you wasted an entire season. Well, they went with, with Dak Prescott in uh, 2016. Yeah, that was when you talk about luck. Okay. Was, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Gardner Minshew is a sixth-round pick. Yeah. Maybe he falls at a. Maybe he's the type. Maybe there's a Gardner Minshew. Maybe out you there move that falls. Jamil Showers back to quarterback. Oh boy, you're really digging back. <laughs> I'm trying to bring back Daz, Jamil Showers. Anybody Jamil. else you want? Anybody else you need? Um, maybe we got Alex Tanney's up in New York and get get him back in here to do some trick. That makes you feel better than Cooper Rush. Yeah. Oh my God, Cooper Rush at least been in the system. He's at least thrown to these guys. And he's been in the league ever since he's been in the Cowboys training camp. What are we doing here? He's been in, yeah. You're right. (laughs) Better than a guy with no no wins to it. And that's what I was always saying about Kellen Moore being the backup. You know, is like, this guy's not won one game in the NFL. And he's the guy you're going to throw out there if that gets hurt. I mean, we don't need to rewind anymore. Well, this has been fun, John. We're the last people in here. They stopped the Billie Eilish. What's going on? Wow. It's vacant, but... We've talked up a storm. Thank you for listening. We will be back later this week on The Athletic. 
uh, stay tuned to John's writing on The Athletic, too. He'll be covering this from all angles on the uh, editorial s- standpoint. Make sure you get over to our link, theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys to get that 40% off, and you will be guaranteed to get everything we've got coming out of the combine there. So for Father John Mishoda, for Kevin, fly like an eagle, KT Turner. I'm Kent Garrison, and we will see you next time on About Them Cowboys.